Welcome to the Doe Valley Ministry Podcast, where you can find faithful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. Our Gospel lesson this morning comes from the book of Luke, chapter 21, verses 25 to 36. And there will be signs in the sun, in the moon, and in the stars, and on the earth, distress of nations, with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them from fear and the expectation of those things which are coming on the earth. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to happen, look up. And lift up your heads, because your redemption draws near. Then he spoke to them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. When they are already budding, you see and know for yourselves that summer is now near. So you also, when you see these things happen, know that the kingdom of God is near. Assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass away till all things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. But take heed to yourself, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life, and that they come on you unexpectedly. For it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch, therefore, and pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. This is the word of our Lord. Well, our scripture lesson this morning is kind of an unusual one to start the Advent season. Usually at this time of year, we focus on the birth of Christ. And the Bible definitely gives us many details about his birth. But we must remember what the word, the term Advent, means. And it means the coming or the arrival, especially of something important, something significant. And certainly the birth of our Lord and Savior was significant and it was important. But it already happened. It happened about 2,000 years ago. We don't have to wait expecting him to be born again or hope that it will happen. It's already happened. It's done. It's over with. So instead of waiting for the birth of Christ, we wait for his second coming. And that's what our scripture is talking about this morning. And in fact, throughout the Bible, we see a whole lot of details about his second coming as well. Sure, there's a lot about his birth. There's a lot about his life. But there's also a lot about his second coming. And the most clear and and, and dramatic revelation comes from Jesus' own words to his disciples, which we read a little bit of this morning. When Christ returns, there will be signs throughout the universe. And when the world, the unbelievers of this world, see those signs, there will be great panic. But as our scripture says, the true believers will lift their heads and rejoice. 
the things that will occur during those final days of great expectation to us will be very joyful and triumphant. And when you read about some of those things, it's going to be kind of scary for the person that is not saved, without a doubt. But it will be joyful for us, the true believers. Because our redemption is near. The final fullness of our redemption. This is when we are truly redeemed. The true believers are reunited with Christ forever. What a day that will be. That's what we have to look forward to. That's what we have joy for. And we don't know when this will occur. We don't know the exact day, time, or hour. Sure, there have been many claims. There have been books that were wrote about it. But no one knows for sure. We do know he's coming, and he's coming soon. His return is going to be the really the next big thing, the next great event that God does in this world. And he's going to return the same way he left. He will come in the clouds with power and great glory. It will be a surprise to the world, for sure. And it's going to destroy even the most intimate of relationships for those unbelievers. But it would also tear apart families of believers and non-believers. So we need to be ready. And many many people today are afraid that, that we're going to destroy the earth. We're going to destroy the world by nuclear weapons or nuclear waste, disease, climate change, or whatever it is. People have their own agendas. None of those are going to destroy the world. Christ will return. And that will set in the events of the end of times. Currently we see instability in our world because it is a fallen world and because the people and the governments of this world make it that way. But God provides the stability that we can trust in. And people spend so much of their time and and so much of their energy focusing on worldly things, worldly activities. Maybe they work on ways to eliminate nuclear problems or eliminate disease or reverse climate change or whatever they think is destroying this world. And that's all well and good. It would be great to eliminate diseases. It would be wonderful to find a cure for cancer or heart disease or whatever. But so often people get so focused on that that they lose sight of the truth and the eternal truth of God's Word. And as they become focused on these worldly activities, even though they may be good activities, they lose sight of what's truly important to God. And that can happen to Christians as well. 
We need to pray for strength to keep alert. And rather than, than trying to determine the precise time of Christ's return, we're told to simply be ready for it. How can we be ready? Well, we're told to be faithful. We're told to be watchful. To be a good steward of the things that we are given and to expect His return and to be prepared for it. And that's what we need to focus our lives on. That's what we need to do. And there's no better time to do that than today, the start of the Advent season. The first time Christ came, the wise men brought him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. What can you bring him today? And what will you have to bring him for his second coming? This is a great time to think about those things and think about what God wants us to do. We don't need to be confused or misled by the things that we hear or by people that claim to know more than they do about what the Bible says. And as I said, there are still preachers preaching the exact day of Christ's return. The many different translations of the Bibles that I've read never list a day or a time, but they all say the same thing. No one knows the day or the hour of Christ's return. So rather than listening to these people that try to give you exact details and then trying to pass those on to other people, we should just simply be out there in the world telling them what we do know. Telling them about Christ. No matter what the consequences are. We need to stand firm in our faith. And not be surprised when we're persecuted for it. After all, the world crucified Christ. We need to live as though we believe the Bible as God's holy word. And that what he says will come true. That he keeps his promises. That he keeps his word. And that's tough for us today. Because even we as Christians get caught up in worldly activities at times. Especially now, the Christmas season. You know, it's obviously, and, and for, for, the, for the church, for Christians, Advent is really the start of the Christmas season. That's really the start of it for us. But for the world, especially for the United States here, we're kind of in the middle of the season already. You know, Christmas seems to come earlier and earlier every year. And this is really the most elaborate and the, the largest celebration that we really have here in the United States. Nothing really comes close to it. In fact, I'll bet if you take all the other holidays that we celebrate and combine them, you still wouldn't get as much as, as what we spend and do at Christmas time. So many activities, so many events, 
so much spending, partying, eating, more than any other event. Because it's nationwide. And the story of the birth of Christ is, is, is probably so well known in the United States. And it's amazing that, that his birth some 2,000 years ago set in motion all of these events that we participate in today. And as I said, it seems to get bigger and bigger, and it starts earlier and earlier every year. I kind of gauge the Christmas season, shopping season by Walmart. That's typically where we shop at each week, mostly for convenience. But October 21st was when I first noticed Christmas wrapping paper on the store shelves. Not even Halloween yet. And they had Christmas wrapping paper out. Eggnog, which for some reason is only produced at Christmas time. You used to be able to get that shortly before Thanksgiving. Well, this year I got the first carton on October 7th. The beginning of October, they were starting to sell eggnog. So it really does come earlier and earlier each year. And in fact, many stores this year, because of the economic hardships, they brought back their layaway programs. I'm sure many of you are familiar with layaway. That's something that kind of started to fade out towards the end of the 80s and early 90s, kind of was eliminated by most stores. But now they brought it back so people could start buying their Christmas gifts earlier in the year and pay a little bit on them each month. The main event, though, is what we tend to lose. The main event of Christmas is the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But that is no longer the simple reality of Christmas. The birth of Christ, the celebration of His birth has been severely obscured and and confused by all the other unrelated worldly activities that take place. As I said, there's so much shopping, shopping and spending money and partying, and you mix in some winter items, some snowmen, some snowflakes, and you've got a bunch of confused people. But still we need to remember that the heart of our celebration is the birth of the Son of God. And the world, especially the United States, has literally created the biggest party ever around that event. And that's wonderful if we were truly celebrating his birth. It would be a, a wonderful idea to have a month-long party to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior. Unfortunately, that's not what we do. It's not what the world does. But make no mistake about it, the second time He comes, His second coming, there will be no party for this world. It will not be a party. In fact, the Bible tells us that all worldly activities and, and business-type enterprise will cease. It will really be the end of everything. 
There will be no more music, no more joy, no more singing, no more celebrating when He returns again. And that is something that we need to remember. As Christians, we can lift our heads in joy at His return. But the world will not be celebrating Sure, the world might be eager to embrace that baby in the manger, but they will not be eager to embrace the Sovereign Lord coming down in power and great glory to judge the world. But he said it. When he left the first time, he left on a cloud, and his words were, I will come again. He will come physically, literally, He will be here. And it will be a historical event, much like it was the first time He came. He came as a baby to save sinners. And the next time He will come to judge the sinners and establish His kingdom. That is the message we need to take with us this Christmas. We need to be prepared for Christ's return. We need to think about that this Advent. Let's close with a word of prayer. Father, we thank You for the wonderful truth of Your second coming. We can't even begin to think about a baby in a manger without thinking about Christ the King the Lord of glory, the one who will come as judge. There's no point in only knowing and celebrating the beginning of the story and not the end. The end is really everything to us. And we thank You, Lord, that You have not only gave us the beginning, the middle, but the end as well. We ask that You prepare us for your return and prepare us all to give you the gifts that you deserve when it is time for you to come. And we pray, Lord, for those that do not know you. We pray those that are not saved that you will show your mercy in their lives and that they will hear your word and that they too will be saved and they will turn their lives to you. We ask that you bring all sinners to you. And we pray for your glory and honor. Amen.